You know, I want to talk about Advent a little differently than perhaps we talk about it in a typical year. Because Advent, we typical, typically say, is the beginning of a new liturgical year, which it is. But this still being 2020, and yet we're leaning into 2021 as far as the calendar year goes, you know, with Advent being the new liturgical year, I think we could make New Year's resolutions. And what's your New Year's resolution for the upcoming year uh, that we're leaning into through this Advent and Christmas season? You know, it's no secret to anyone hearing this word that 2020 has been one of our most challenging years. And it's been a rough year for people all over the globe. Not just for us here in the United States, of course, but we have uh, shared the heartbreak of pandemic with our sisters and brothers um, literally all across the world. Uh, we also know the financial um, uncertainty that has been brought about by this pandemic in this year and the hardships that um, we pray don't happen in coming months, but fear they might. In our country, we're faced with conflicts, and uh, we've just had a contentious election season. And perhaps some of the grace that we're going to talk about this morning has been somewhat elusive, even within the church. And, and maybe the truth sometimes has been even unrecognizable. Today is a day that we as Christians can make a New Year's resolution and we can hear this good news that we often read this time of year about how the Word became flesh and grace and truth. And maybe we can have a resurgence of what it means to live into God's grace and to embrace what is really, really truth. I pray so. The first sermon of this new sermon series that we're calling Christmas Presents is a, a, a typical message for Advent. God in flesh. The incarnation is what we want to lay the foundation for this Advent season for us this morning. What is the grace and truth about this message? The great Bible scholar William Barclay is convinced that uh, John wrote the fourth chapter for the sake of the 14th verse. He, he wanted us to hear this word that was so very true. Early in the first chapter, John talked about the word, the creative and the dynamic word, the word as the agent bringing about creation. And, and Kay read this for us just a minute ago, but I want us to read it again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. You know, John states an incredible, startling fact, uh, one that, that, that should shake the foundations of the earth and continues to as we embrace its truth, that the one, the word that controls the world has become flesh and dwells among us. 
This understanding of a, a God who is in control, though sometimes we think the world is freewheeling. We have a God who comes and stands beside us and whispers in our ear, not to worry, I'm here, I am with you. In 1 John, the first chapter, the epistle of John, we read this. We have seen with our eyes and touched with our hands the word of life. The word of life. John's message is that that word has become um, human flesh here on earth, right here in our midst. God is not distant. God is as near and close as the breath that we breathe. In this 14th verse, we read, And Christ became flesh, a human being, and lived here on earth among us, and was full of grace and truth. And some of us have seen His glory, the glory of the only Son of the Heavenly Father. You know, one said, truth set up shop right here among us and started handing out grace. I love that. I don't know who, who, uh, who shared that quote, but I love that, that, that truth set up shop right here among us and started handing out grace, free grace for all. You know, a mother who was putting her uh, little daughter to bed in the midst of a thunderstorm told her daughter, who was very frightened, you don't have to be frightened, dear, Uh, just hold your little teddy bear, hold him a little tighter tonight, squeeze him close to you, and know that your mother and father were just right in the living room, we're close by, so you don't need to be afraid. And the little girl replied to her mother, Mommy, when it thunders this way, this hard. I want somebody who has skin on right here beside me. You know, I love that story. It's heartwarming, but but it also speaks the truth about what we as human beings have needed, what we needed from God, and how God responded uh, some 2,000 years ago in person in Jesus Christ. The invisible Spirit of God did clothe Himself with flesh, with skin and blood, and and came and dwelt among us. You know, prior to the coming of Christ, there were those who acknowledged that that they had seen God. You read throughout the Scriptures, I particularly am reminded of Psalms 8, where we read that beautiful description of seeing God in nature. And seeing how God comes through the living things and the changing of the seasons. There were those in Israel, uh, the prophets, who talked about seeing God's work throughout history and God's work into uh, the future. But during this Advent season of the year, we, we lift up that God was best seen, most perfectly seen in the person, the living person of Jesus the Christ, the one who became flesh to dwell among us. 
we now have seen God. Now, we didn't walk with Jesus. We didn't see Jesus in a physical sense, but we have that accounting of Jesus' life, and the Holy Spirit calls the life uh, of Jesus to our remembrance, and that truth and that grace that Jesus is all about is our experience. It's the experience of the living Lord. We are astonished at God's availability. You know, I'm full of grandparent stories today. I'm just not getting enough of my grandbabies. Did I tell you I've got a new grandbaby, Lily Grace? And uh, we're just enjoying them so very much. But I read a story about a grandmother who wanted her grandson to attend Sunday school. And so she talked to the parents, and parents agreed, yeah, uh, you can take her to Sunday school, and, and, or him to Sunday school. And so uh, to Sunday school they went. And on the way home, this anxious grandmother couldn't wait to ask her grandson how he experienced Sunday school. And, and uh, he chirped up, and, um, and he said, well, I really, I really did enjoy it. I, I liked the kids that were there in Sunday school. And then he paused for a moment and he said, Grandma, what's so great about Jesus? What's so great about Jesus? And this grandmother responded that there was no blessing that she received that morning more than her grandson opening the door for um, her to walk through and share with him what was so great about Jesus. You know, that's a lesson for all of us to know, to our children, to our, our grandchildren, to our nieces, to our nephews, to our neighbors. We, we can share what's so great about Jesus. And, and more than just with our words, we can share that truth, that grace that Jesus is all about in our deeds, in our love and kindness. Norman Cousins was an American political journalist. He was an author. He was a professor. He was a, a world peace advocate. And um, he reports going to visit the uh, well-known Albert Schweitzer, the German doctor, who was also a theologian and a philosopher and a writer and a missionary and a wonderful organist. Cousins reported that um, that after dinner, the ritual in this African jungle hospital in um, Labarene Cabron was to sit down together and to, um, to, to, to sing a hymn. And, and he said that, that he noticed from the day that he first got there that there was an old piano nearby. It was an old upright piano. Um, and cousin said the piano was at least 50 years old and the keyboard, it was badly stained. It had been in this African jungle for, uh, for years and so it, it was somewhat warped. Even uh, a dozen or more of the strings had been broken and, and you just wondered how on earth could you ever get a, a, a sound of, of any quality out of such a broken instrument. And then cousins reported, that Albert Schweitzer, the great doctor, this one who was the interpreter of Bach music on the organ, sat down at this old piano and he began to play this dilapidated instrument. And he said it lost all of its poverty, was the words of cousins. 
at Schweitzer's hands. Its capability to yield music was now fully realized. And our quest to sing was heightened by hearing that old instrument come to life. For whatever reason, Schweitzer's presence at the piano seemed to make it right. Seemed to make it right. You know, what is so great about Jesus? It's the fact that Jesus can come into the world and, and, and make it right. He can come into our lives and, and make them right. Jesus takes human character, regardless of how broken or dilapidated or, or hopeless they seem to be, and with a touch can bring the very best out of life, out of us. He can heal our broken lives. He can bring harmony out of disharmony. Jesus can assure life in the midst of death. He can repair the damaged human instrument. He can restore its strength, its resilience, and its capacity to love and forgive. He graciously moves us toward peace. There is no pandemic. There is no economic depression. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord, said the Apostle Paul. And we say today with John, the Word became flesh, full of grace and truth. You know, I was um, recalling this past week, as typically we do at Thanksgiving, we, we think of people. Uh, things trigger, especially social media, when you see someone's uh, um, spouse, someone who you loved, who, um, who died several years ago, which was the case. I was remembering uh, David McLaurin, and I, I, I saw a post from his uh, widow Kathleen, and it just caused me to think about so many wonderful experiences that I had with David McLaurin here on staff. And one of those was that years ago, we started a men's group that met on Tuesdays. Now, we called it Brothers in Christ. And, and, and we, um, we met, and, and we, we studied the Word of God, and we shared faith together, but, but it was oh so much more. It was a connection that we had one with another because of Jesus Christ. I remembered a particular situation that we had one Tuesday night when we as a group decided that we wouldn't meet in our regular place, but we would meet at a, a steakhouse, Dunstan's actually, and, and we would have uh, dinner together. And then after dinner, we would go visit two men uh, who were in the hospital. One was a former offender who we had connected with through the years. And the other was one of our members who had badly broken his leg and was um, going to have a, a rough time in, in rehab and was down and we, had, we, we knew that we needed to go see him. I remembered that experience, how fun it was for us to gather for a steak dinner together and to, uh, to laugh and to, uh, to share together and, and, and to report on activities that had been going on in our lives and, and then after dinner to say, it's time. 
And, and we went to the hospital. And we visited one and then the other. When I walked into the members' uh, room, it was dark. I entered first. And when I came in, this particular member of our group was on the telephone. He was talking to another member uh, of the church who was encouraging him and praying for him. He turned the lights on and told me so. And then all of a sudden, uh, from the hallway entered 11 men of our group back in the day when you could have 11 men in the same uh, hospital room even with no masks of course and we entered there and you could see his eyes fill up with tears as well as the eyes of our big group as we realized that what we hoped would be well-meaning for him was well-meaning for all and I watched as one by one the men went up to his bed and, and, and whispered a word or gave him a, um, a, a word of encouragement. And I recalled those going up to his bed. I remembered one who had had a lengthy period of illness himself. And one who stepped up to the bed had been in ICU with his son for several weeks at a time. And one had been incarcerated and was part of our group, a very active part of our group. And one had just lost a sister to death. And one recently um, uh, had his father have a stroke and was caring for him. I could go on and on. But the point was that this pastor standing back and watching the man of the group approach this fallen brother. I could recall how we are all at times in need of the incarnational Christ to come and visit us and remind us that we are loved and that grace and truth abounds. And you know, the point is this. Just as we have experienced the incarnational Christ in our lives, we too are called to be that incarnation in the lives of others. What a high calling. You know, back to this New Year's thing, uh, this Advent and the beginning of Advent and the new liturgical year and how I started this sermon. What's your New Year's resolution going to be? You know, I want to pose one for all of us. It's general, but it will live itself out in specifics. What if your resolution this year was to be the incarnation of Christ to those in need day after day, week after week, month after month, throughout 2021? And I will assure you when we put our minds and our focus on the grace and the truth that is the incarnational call that we have in our lives, no matter what happens in 2021, we will have set an agenda that will set our lives up for blessing after blessing after blessing. Jesus knew life just as we know it. He was raised in a family as the elder son who had to take care of his younger siblings. 
He experienced, scholars say, the death of his father and had to take care of his mother. He didn't start his official ministry until he was 30 years old because he had responsibilities on the home front. He was one who was touched by God and lived into that calling that God had on his life as the Son of God. He was rejected. He was crucified. He rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and through the Holy Spirit is available God with us now and forever. You know, when we call on our God, we call on one who knows our experience who has experienced life as we experience life, and perhaps the harshest of harsh realities were His. So the harsh realities that we face, we know we talk to a God who understands, who gets us, who knows us at the point of our deepest needs. This Advent, as we lean into Christmas, into Christmas presents, Let us resolve to not only experience God with us in Christ, but to be God in Christ for others through the love and the kindness that comes from beyond us and that comes to others at their point of need. When things in the world seem to be out of control, when disappointment and despair grip your heart when friends let you down and circumstances appear overwhelming when loved ones die and we remain in grief experiencing loss we need to remember that God comes to us in Jesus that God put on flesh in Christ And that God, through the power of the Spirit, indwells us so that we can be that Christ's Spirit to others in need. The Word of God has become flesh over and over and over again and lives among us full of grace and truth. Amen.